You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Welcome everybody to church today. Uh, we're so glad you're here. And uh, I want to start today by firstly saying it is a very special Sunday for us here at Elam Christian Center. It is our 30. Fifth birthday this weekend here at Elam Christian Center. So happy birthday, everybody. Uh, big shout out to our founding pastors, our senior ministers, Luke and Marilyn Bro, who pioneered this work here in Botany 35 years ago. And uh, we're so thankful for you guys. We so honor you. You're absolute legends, and uh, we're so thankful for all you did those many years ago to pioneer this great work that now seven campus churches get to be a part of, and uh, we're just so thankful for the inheritance that we have from you guys, and uh, so 35 years. We were going to do something special um, to celebrate, but being COVID and all that year, this year's done, uh, we're going to hold off, we're going to do a celebration in the new year, so look forward to that. Also, before I preach the word, I want to shout out to the Whangarei campus, who are in level two right now, and uh, you guys are currently meeting in the room, and you're bringing the message, streaming the message in this morning. Uh, with everybody else, and so big shout out to the Whangarei crew. If you're in Whangarei, make some noise so all us uh, Aucklanders can hear you guys. Uh, We love you, and we're so thankful that you get to be in level two. We're very jealous of you guys um, being able to still gather in the room. I want to start today uh, by bringing the first part in a new series that we're doing. It's called It's a Trap. And this series is based off uh, Hebrews chapter 12, a scripture there, and it's going to come up in your notes. And if you've got the app, follow along in the app. Uh, Notes will come up in the chat. And the scripture says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us uh, us cast off every weight that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And uh, this scripture is a beautiful scripture. What it paints is this picture that in our lives there can be these things that kind of hinder us and slow us down and trap us and entangle us and stop us from running fully and freely into the life that God is calling us to live. God has got a life of flourishing and abundance for us, but there's this stuff that can just trap us and hold us and keep us back. So the series is all about exploring what some of those traps are, exploring uh, what they are and how we can avoid them and how we can get free from the traps that ensnare us, the things, the weights that hold us back and how we can run fully free into the plan and the call and the life that God is calling us into. And so today I wanna kick it off by going deep and heavy. Uh, I wanna talk today about the trap of sin, the sin that so easily entangles us. And uh, it's funny because the modern church, especially big churches, we get a lot of shade from the, the keyboard Christian warriors saying, hey, the church doesn't talk about sin anymore. There's no, we don't talk about sin enough in the church. The church doesn't talk about sin. They talk about sin a whole lot more. Well, this one's for the haters today. We're going to be talking about sin. And I want to say a little disclaimer, first and foremost, that I am a sinner. This is not some high and mighty, righteous, judgmental church or Christian Try and throw something on you that you don't need. Uh, this is about us as people, all of us. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. All of us are broken and we're all on a journey. And, and simply put, sin is really, it's our, it's our rebellion. It's our deliberate disobedience and our going away against 
the law and the ways of God. It's our falling short. It's a missing the mark in terms of our lives and God's standard for how he'd have us live. It is our failure to do what is right before God. Sin is a universal problem and sin manifests and sin comes out in so many different ways. Many, many things uh, would be considered, biblically would be considered sinful. And God calls his people, if you're a Christian today, uh, and even if you're not a Christian, God calls all people to live our lives in a way where we align our lives away from sin. Not people that are like, we live in this, this sin, we keep on sinning, keep doing that. No, no. God calls us as his people to live our lives aligned away from sin. Why? Why? Sin is so fun. Sin can be really pleasurable. Sin is so enticing. Why does God call us to live our lives away from it? Why? Because sin is a trap. Sin, at the heart of it, is a trap. And although it might be appealing, and although it might like, be enticing, and although it might be fun, it's always fleeting, and the consequence, the payment of sin, the Bible says, is death. It always leads to death. It never actually leads to life. It can be fun in a moment, but it never leads to life. Sin is a trap, and it will keep you stuck and stop you from going forward freely into the full, abundant life that God has got for you. So how do we get out of the trap? If this is a snare that so easily entangles us, it doesn't matter who you are. You could be the Pope, man. Sin is still going to so easily entangle every single one of us. So how do we get free from the trap? Uh, And even as I'm talking right now, you might be thinking in your mind and the Holy Spirit might be revealing it to you, or you might just be kind of thinking in your own mind, things might be coming to your mind of a sin that is maybe apparent in your life or something you've been dealing with for a long time. Maybe the Holy Spirit is revealing an area of your life you need to deal with, or maybe you've been uh, you know, walking with Jesus for 10 years, but you've been stuck in the same thing, the same sin over and over, and it just seems to trap you. You're thinking, man, if only I could deal with this, I could, get, I could have run so much further. I could be so much further down the track with God if I just dealt with this stuff in my life. And so if you wanna get free, If you want to get free from the trap of sin, I want to share three thoughts with you today. Three ways that you can break free uh, from the trap that is sin. Are you ready? Take some notes. They're coming up right now. First one is this. Number one, if you want to get free from the trap of sin, get cutting. Get cutting. Um, Growing up as a kid, my dad would always take us fishing. My dad used to love fishing and uh, we'd always go fishing. He always had a boat. And uh, when you go fishing in a boat, you see, often see sharks around the boat. You know, the sharks just kind of come and hang around. And, and uh, they can be really frustrating because they can scare away fish or they take your bait or they just become a bit of a nuisance. I remember this one time we were out fishing and this shark came around and it just hung around the boat for ages, for hours. And it just kind of destroyed our fishing experience. It was like we weren't being fruitful. We weren't catching fish. and We were trying to get rid of it, trying to hit it with our fishing poles, like get out of there trying to splash it with water as if a shark, splashing a shark with water is going to do anything. But we're trying to get it, and it just wouldn't go away, and it was just destroying our afternoon of fishing. And my dad, in his typical, just old-school, salty sea dog manner with a roll-your-own-cigarette hanging out the side of one of his mouth, just goes, boy, get the gaff and give it a whack. And so what he means is get the, the big hook thing, the gaff that you pull fish in with, go get that and, and hit the shark with it. I'm thinking, you're crazy, man. I'm not doing that. Like, so here I am. I've got this, this gaff in my hand. and I'm leaning over the side of the boat. I'm trying to hit the shark. Because if I can cut it, if I can give it a bit, of a bit of a whack and cut the thing, it'll get scared and it will go off. And I'm like way too kind. I don't even like, like hurting spiders or anything like that. So I'm like, eh. 
and I'm just kind of hitting this, and he just gets frustrated. He grabs the thing off me and just, he whacks the shark. He cuts the shark in the back, and all the shark gloves out there. Sorry, I didn't do it. My dad did it. Blame him, all right? And he, the shark just swam off, and we, we were kind of done with it. But, you know, for many of you, that illustration of a shark around your life is kind of what sin is like for you. Because with the shark, it would come around and then it would sort of disappear, like, oh, it's gone. But then not, within a few seconds, it would just come back up again, it was back. That's like, for some of you, what sin is like in your life. It's like, you seem to deal with it like I'm on top of it, and then next thing you know, oh, it's back again. It's just coming back around your life. And friends, if you're dealing with sin in your life, I would encourage you, maybe it's time to do something a little bit more drastic than you've been doing. Maybe it's time to get cutting. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 29. He said, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. Isn't it better to lose one of those members than to lose your whole body to hell? And then he says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. Is it not better to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell? I love this passage. It's like Jesus is like, this is a, this is a pretty brutal picture that he's painting. And I, I want to say, I don't think Jesus is speaking entirely literally in this moment. I don't, I don't want you to go to your kitchen after the service and start getting knives out and amputating limbs. Like, Pastor Steve said, I need to go and chop some things. No, don't do that. It's not going to be good for you, not going to be good for me. I don't want you to do that. Jesus isn't speaking entirely literally here. What he's saying is this. If there is an area of your life, if there's something in your life that is causing you to sin and to stumble into sin, cut that thing out of your life. Is if that thing is causing you to sin, then it's better to lose that thing than to lose everything. It's better to lose that one thing from your life than to lose everything that's going on. See, this is the thing. This is what Jesus is offering in this passage is, a, is an instant solution to an ongoing problem. It's a quick, immediate solution to an ongoing problem. He's, what he's saying is if you remove the thing, you remove the opportunity. See, many things in our lives are open doors for opportunity to sin. And so if you remove the thing, you remove the opportunity. And if you remove the opportunity, you remove the immediate issue. And if the immediate issue in your life is this ongoing propensity towards sin because of this thing in your life, if you remove the thing, you remove the opportunity. If you remove the opportunity, you remove the immediate issue. Now, I know this is just a surface level fix to what is a deeper level problem. Don't worry. Jesus also gives answers to that too. But I want to say to you, maybe for some of you, there's some stuff in your life, some things in your life that because they're around they are causing you to continually stumble into sin. Maybe for some of you, it's that full liquor cabinet that you have in your house. Every time you come home after a hard day, you end up there and you always go too far. You always move into the sin of drunkenness, whatever that is. Maybe for some of you, it's that gossip group that you keep hanging out with. Maybe for some of you, it's that friend circle, that relationship. Maybe for some of you, it's that Instagram account. Maybe it's those people that you follow. Maybe for some of you, it's your, your home computer, your smartphone, your internet connection. And it's like, because that thing is there, it's it's like an open door for an opportunity to fall again into sin in your life. Maybe it's that place you keep going to on a Friday night and hanging out. Maybe it's that 
group of people. You keep associating yourself with him. Every time I go there, I always mess up. And it's like, the words of Jesus is this, maybe it's time to cut some of that stuff out of your life so that you can move into the great, free, and flourishing life that Jesus has for you. Someone's trying to call me on my iPad right now as I'm talking. I'm just trying to hang up on them and I can't do it. It's, it's crazy. This is the wonders of technology, everybody. Welcome to uh, this modern world where things come and interrupt you. Anyway, maybe, you, maybe your iPad or your smartphone is causing you to sin. Maybe it's time to chuck that thing out so it stops calling you in the middle of your sermon. But for somebody like, somebody like this, is, this is a real deal for you. It's time to cut some stuff out of your life. Maybe for you, like, uh, you're sitting there going, whoa, 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 Steve, that's pretty heavy. Like, that's a lot, Steve. You're asking me to do a lot right now, like, to cut that stuff. What do you mean, stop hanging out with those people? Maybe, what do you mean, cut that out? Listen, I'm not asking you to do anything. Don't get angry at me. This is, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Jesus said, if there is something in your world that keeps causing you to sin, then you need to get rid of that thing in, in your life. Otherwise, you could lose it all. And, and this is the hard, this is really hard. This is difficult. I'm not saying this is easy. This is really difficult. But this is the great difference between the culture of this world and the culture of a Christian life. See, the culture of this world is about self-gratification. If I want to do it, if it makes me feel good, if it's right for me, if I feel like doing it, that's what I'm going to do. But Jesus never said, uh, he never said, gratify yourself and pick up your own preferred version of your life and follow me. He said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. See, the Christian life is not one of self-gratification. It's one of self-denial. And this is the great, one of the great, great truths of the Christian faith. This is one of the great, the great differences between the culture of Christianity and the culture of this world. We don't live to gratify ourselves. We live a life to deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow Jesus because we, we know that in the denial of myself, I actually find life. Not in the gratification of myself, but in the denial of myself do I find life and truth and freedom and hope in Him. See, friends, maybe the question you need to ask yourself today is this. To get out of the trap of sin, do I need to cut something out of my life? To get out of the trap of sin, do I need to cut something out of my life? The second thought I have for you is this. To get out of the trap of sin, number two, try confessing. Try confessing. Confession is a, um, is a very religious word isn't it? It's very, um, has very religious connotations and, uh, and like the Catholics have built a whole pr- like practice around confession and, and uh, we're going to set up booths now in all our campuses and the lead pastor is going to sit in the booth and you can just come anytime and just confess everything. I, I'll be really busy so I won't be in my booth uh, but I'll put someone else. Pastor Adrian Daniel is going to sit in my booth. It's going to be amazing. He can listen to all, all your problems but the, listen, the confession is, is, is actually a really powerful and profound Biblical spiritual practice. It really is an amazingly powerful practice. 1 John 1 9 says this if we confess, if we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a beautiful, 
power of God, this is the truth of God's word, that if you confess your sins to him, he will forgive you. There's forgiveness for your friends. You don't turn to God and find judgment. You don't turn to God and find condemnation. You don't turn to God and find ridicule. You don't turn to God and find scorn. If you turn to God and confess your wrong, guess what you find? Forgiveness, grace, because of the cross of Jesus, there's forgiveness for your sin. And check this out, in James 5.16, it says this, therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed for the prayer of a righteous person is powerful. I love that. Confess your sins to God, you get forgiveness. Confess your sins to one another, you get healing. That's amazing. There is a healing Moment, there is a healing power that becomes available to you when you begin to confess your sin to one another. There is freedom that begins to happen from the trap of sin when you do this thing simply called confession. And um, I've shared this story before, but it's too good a story not to share in this moment right now. Many years ago, I was at a, a Christian youth pastor's conference down in Christchurch and it was in the middle of the conference it was in a worship session at night and I felt in the middle of that worship session God just kind of convicting me of some sin that was in my life and I'm sitting there I was wrestling with this moment go oh man I feel like God's convicting me of this and then I felt God's there's this Holy Spirit saying to me Steve you need to confess your sin you need to tell somebody what's going on and what's been going on in your life and I really didn't want to do that like that's not a fun thing I don't that's embarrassing that's going to be bad it's just not going to go good I just don't that's not something I'm comfortable with doing Lord and so I don't want to do it and the more I just sat on it the stronger that sort of impression became on me and then the preacher got up to preach and he said I believe there's a word for someone today the Bible says confess your sins to one another and be healed I'm like this is it man I'm like I can't run from this anymore and so I look around the room for what I hope is the least judgmental person I can find and so I look around I find a guy he's he's about my age and he's had dreadlocks and so I'm like he's my man I'm gonna talk to him he's like if anyone's gonna not judge me that guy's gonna do it so I go up to him I grab him I didn't even introduce myself I don't say anything I grab him by the shoulders I turn him to face me and I say brother I gotta tell you some stuff and I just start confessing my sin to this guy, right? So I'm confessing my sin and I finish and I'm like crying, I'm wiping the tears from my eyes. And you know, because what happened, it was amazing is in that moment, I started to find this freedom start to come. As I start just out unloading and start confessing my sin, I start feeling like this freedom, this healing come. So I'm weeping, I'm crying. And I look at him, I say, brother, thank you so much. And he just looked at me really confused and he goes, um... I don't speak English. I'm like, yes, this is the best moment of my life. This guy heard nothing I'd said. He didn't understand one single word that I'd said to him. Praise God. You don't tell me God isn't good. He is so good. He's good to me, my friends. And, and But you know, it, that's a true story, but it's completely true. But what happened, man, I got free from a whole bunch of stuff and God started to heal me. Why? Because there's power in our confession. The trapping power of sin lies in secrecy. I'll say that again. The trapping power of sin lies in its secrecy. Here's a little thing, and it might come up in your notes here. I've got it like this. Secret equals stuck. Revealed equals healed. Secret equals stuck. Revealed equals healed. And friend, if you are stuck right now in the trap and the ensnarement of sin, then perhaps one of the most powerful things you can do to get free from that is to confess it is to actually be honest and say, tell somebody, confess it to God and get forgiveness and maybe take it to somebody else, someone you trust 
And, and, and you know, this is a scary moment. It's a scary thing to do, to come and bring that and be honest with somebody. What you're doing is you're bringing what is secret and hidden, and you're bringing it into the light. And what is secret is stuck, but what is re- revealed gets healed. And uh, I want to encourage you. And this is why we believe so passionately about small groups because these are the places where you can gather with a group of people and they're not gonna judge you. They're gonna love you and they're gonna pray for you. And in a group of people that you can get along with, you can take that mask off and you know what? There's some stuff I need to talk to you about. I can be honest with you and I can just confess some stuff and you can get prayer and they're gonna, you're gonna find this healing start to come as you bring what is secret into the light. And friends, I wanna encourage you, even after this service, there's people on a live prayer chat that are gonna be available to you. And if you need, you like, I just need to tell someone somebody now, then after the service, right at the end, there's prayer people that are going to be there. You can, you can have a wee conversation with them via the chat. It's totally confidential. Don't you worry about that. And we would love to help you find healing on the journey. Talk to your husband. Talk to your wife. Talk to your pastor. Talk to a trusted friend, somebody. Maybe the power of that confession is what's going to see you finally get free from the trap of sin in your life. And here's my third thought. That is this. Number three. If you wanna get free from the trap of sin, find the lie, find the truth. Find the lie, find the truth. It's interesting um, that the very first mention of sin in the Bible is found way back in the book of Genesis. And as you go back into the book of Genesis, it's interesting, if you wanna get a great understanding of a truth found in the Bible or an idea in the Bible, go to the place it's first mentioned and you'll get a great understanding of, of what, what is happening in, with that concept. And uh, when you go to find the beginning, the origins of sin, you go to Genesis 3, and it's Adam and Eve in the garden. And God says to them, hey, you got free reign here, man, but here's one thing, don't eat from that tree. That tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat from that tree. You can eat any other tree, you go, go for it, and just don't eat that tree. If you eat from that tree, you'll surely die. Uh, death will enter this world. You'll surely die. And so we find here in Genesis 3 verse 4, the serpent, the devil, he's like, I'm getting in on this. He says, he says to the woman, you won't die. You won't die, serpent said to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Here's what we see is the beginning of this act towards sin. Because after the woman hears that, she's like, that's, a, that's true. And she goes in, they go and eat, eat the fruit and, and then sin and death enters this world. It doesn't go well. But uh, you see that the beginning of the sin, it originates because they believe a lie. The devil feeds them a lie. The devil says to them, in a nutshell, God is holding out on you. God has got good stuff and he's holding out on you. And so he doesn't want you to eat that because he's holding out on you. He's got stuff he's withdrawing from you. And so they believe a lie that God is holding out of them, and so then they move into sin. And I think the same is so true for us, because I believe at the heart of pretty much every sin in your life, there is a lie. At the root of it all, there is a lie that you've believed, and that lie that you've believed has caused you now to manifest into a behavior, which is a sinful behavior, and especially if it's habitual or something that's been going on for a long time, at the root of it all, I guarantee you if you, if you, if you work your way down, you'll discover that there is a lie that you've believed that, you've, that at the heart of it all is causing you to continue to walk in this behavior. And one of those powerful and profound prayers you can pray and questions you can ask is this, what is the lie that I am believing? When you look at the behavior, what's going on in your life, and 
the thing you keep doing and the sin you keep partaking in, ask yourself and ask God to show you. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you if you ask him, what is the lie that I'm believing that's causing me to continue to behave in this way? Because once you discover the lie, this, listen, this is where the transformative work of God really begins to get work. At one level, you can cut stuff off and not have the opportunity to sin, but now we're gonna get to the heart issue of why you're sinning in the first place. And so if you can uncap the lie and go, whoa, that's the lie I'm believing, now you can repent of the lie, remove the lie, and now you replace it with the truth of God's word. So at one point, you're, I mean, I'm doing this because I just believe that I'm unlovely and I'm, love, I'm unlovable. And then now you realize that's a lie and so I'm gonna take that lie out and the truth is that I'm, I'm a, a child of God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm loved by Almighty God. Then you replace the lie with the truth. This is where the transformative power of God, the renewing of your mind begins to take place because when you take a lie out of your heart, your heart is your, your mind will emotions. If you take a lie out of that, you place it with the truth of God's word. All of a sudden you think different, you see different, you act different, you speak different. So the behavior that was manifesting is no longer there. Why? Because you've got the truth of God's word becomes your world. Worldview becomes the way you live, the way you think, the way you believe. It's so transformative. That's why David says in Psalm 119, I've hidden your word where? In my heart, that I might not sin against you. Why? Because if I allow those lies to take root, it will manifest in sin. But if I hide the word of God there, that's my truth. That's my anchor. And that is the place from which I live from. Friends, find the lie, find the truth. Find the lie, find the truth. Here's a question, maybe you would ask yourself, to get out of the trap, what lie are you believing, friend? What lie are you believing? And what is God's truth in the matter? If you can do that work, I tell you what, friends, you'll find that, that whole Romans 8 process that God will renew you, transform you to a new person by the renewal of your mind. God will change you from the inside out. It's a powerful thing. Friends, let us throw off every weight that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with endurance the race marked out for us. God has got a race for you to run. God has got a plan for your life. God has got future and hope for you and it's good. Don't allow the snares and traps of sin to hold you back and to keep you stuck. There is freedom for you. Maybe you need to cut some stuff off. Maybe you need to try confessing some stuff to some people. Maybe you need to dig a little deeper and find the lie and find the truth. If you can do that stuff, friend, that trap of sin will no longer hold you and you'll have freedom in God to go forward and flourish in him. Don't believe the lie that sin is pleasurable and sin is fun and sin is awesome. It's, well, it is pleasurable and it is fun, but let me tell you, the ultimate consequence is always death. And this is the human condition. This is our human problem, is that we're all sinners and we all fall short of God's standard. And the payment for our sin is death. And this is the wonderful message of the gospel. And that message is this, that God sent his own son, Jesus, to a cross. When he went on that cross, he paid the debt. He took upon himself what you and I would do, the wages of our sin, which is death. He took it. He bore it on himself, all our guilt, all our shame, all our sin, he bore it on himself. And he died a sinner's death on the cross, even though he was sinless and blameless himself. And he conquered death and the grave, proving he was God and he had victory over death. The ultimate outcome, the ultimate consequence of sin is death. And Jesus defeated both sin and death. And he extends to every one of you today not judgment, condemnation, like I said, he extends grace to you. Forgiveness for all your wrongs, 
a new life right now. You can be born again by the Spirit of God. God gets it on the inside and makes you a brand new person. You get to walk into the plans God's got for you. You can run that race with perseverance. God's got a race for you to run. It's a glorious one. It's a great race. And friends, there's a great promise for you of eternity in heaven with him. And if you're here, you're watching today, you're not right with God, I would love to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. If you're far from God, if you have walked away from him and you need to get right with God today, this is for you. I want you to pray this with me. Wherever you are, wherever you're watching from, uh, whatever room you're in in your house, maybe you're in your car sitting at the beach, I don't know. Maybe you're in Whangarei enjoying the room. Uh, Wherever you are, this is for you. I want you to pray this prayer, but mean it with everything you've got. Say this, say, God, I come to you now. I know I'm a sinner. And I turn now from my old ways. I believe, Jesus, you died for me. I ask you now to come into my life. Take control. Be the Lord of my life. I choose from this moment and this day to live for you. Would you come in and make me brand new today? In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you pray their prayer, you're amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. God bless you. We pray that you will continue to grow and flourish in what God's got for you. The team is gonna come and let you know what to do. Otherwise, church, thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you so much for being part of today. God bless you. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.